A stu- stu- Studio D production. No, I don't remember that one either. That is weird. I... <laughs> <laughs> Shut the frick up. Um, I spent a lot of time last night. The reason I didn't fall asleep until like 3.30. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. so into it yo 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 hello everyone welcome to f'd up family story time i'm salem and i'm hannah and here today we have jess yo Ika. yo 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 <laughs> yo yo <laughs> how's everyone doing today great yay i'm here we're here Woo. you guys are blessed because we are here and we are blessed with some rock and music coming from <laughs> the room below us. It is awesome. And apologies in advance if you can hear it, but we really just don't want to rain on his parade because no. we think he's having fun. He's having a good time. So let him have that good time. All right. So we're all okay. looking at you, kid. I guess all we're right. going to get right into the story because none of us have anything to talk about today. I know. We're weirdly... <laughs> Weird today. I sucked all Weirdly the energy weird. out. Is you Colin Robinson. I Colin Robinson the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> I'm oh. so sorry. I know. Look at Jess. <laughs> <laughs> She's loving it. She's like, yeah. <sighs> like that's how I feel inside at every awkward moment I see in my life. <laughs> You're like, ha suck it in. Oh, like I'm God. so the opposite of Evie, who can't even watch an awkward moment on a TV show. There's times I can't. I have to get up and Oh, pace. no. I feel like those are the funniest parts of the show. I'm like, oh, they're really getting themselves in it now. I can usually watch awkward moments in TV, but the one that I can't is that episode of The Office, Scott's Tots. <laughs> I can't fucking watch that episode. It makes oh, me so uncomfortable. God, Kelly just talked to me about Scott's Tots oh. episode when we were driving in the car for <laughs> Renaissance it's Festival. It's so bad. It's so funny. It makes me so upset, but like uncomfortable. Yeah, I get uncomfortable with stuff like that. I do. I have to get up and walk away. I don't know. I really leaned into that shit, I guess. like, <laughs> Should we move on to the story? All right. So I know I have recently done a lot of stories about missing people. Oh, is this okay? It's another missing person. Woo! Episode. I guess. Hannah's I got mean, a, I guess. Woo! Hannah's got a niche. Apparently. Apparently, right now you do. <laughs> it probably won't last forever. I'm in my missing persons era. Missing persons <laughs> phase. I'm in my serial killer phase right now. So, <laughs> Hannah's so, already had hers. Yeah, I think that's past. Well, and I, I think I've kind of shifted more towards missing persons cases because I have had some complicated feelings about true crime and the true crime industry in general recently. And I still think there is a way to do it ethically and morally, but I don't know if I know how quite yet. So I'm kind of steering clear from more intense, more that's so cute. Like victim-driven so stories. Because you care what other people think. Well, I don't care what other people think. I care that the the things that I'm doing in this world aren't making it worse. <laughs> right. And so I don't necessarily care if people say that, like, what I, the stories I tell and the things that I choose to research and engage in, if they say that they don't like it or if they say they feel weird about it, but if it's, like, actively, actually... <laughs> Something that has the potential to 
damage something or somebody yeah. then I care about at least looking into it enough to see if it's like a moral and ethical choice to talk it's about it's kind of it. a personal wait, wait. did you thing. just say moral moral and ethical <laughs> did I say moral yes I you did, did. <laughs> no I said moral I mean, and ethical you said moral and ethical <laughs> So you did say the and, but you no. definitely said coal before no. you said and. Sorry, those are the things that I try to ignore, but sometimes I just can't because I like that word, moracle. Moracle. I think it's moracle and ethical together. Is it moracle? Is it moracle? It's like scrackening. Scrackening. Well, anyways. All right. So All what is your said. morally and ethical story today? So I'm going to jeep. You have a jeep? <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. I am going to be telling the story about the disappearance of Brandon Swanson. So Brandon was born January 30th, 1989 in Marshall, Minnesota. He attended Marshall High School and graduated in 2007. After graduation, Brandon decided to study wind turbines at Minnesota West Community and Technical College in Canby, Minnesota. He wanted to study what? Wind turbines. Wind Turbines. So he went to this community college in Canby, which is about 35 minutes northwest of Marshall, which is where he was still living with his parents, like outside of college. So like you live on campus during the. So he lived at home while he went to school. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Trying to say he lived on campus during like the school year and then went back home. Okay. After the so school he was year. so he was a normal college kid. <laughs> so Canby is about thirty five minutes northwest of Marshall. Brandon's classes at Minnesota West ended on May thirteenth of two thousand and eight, and he was reported missing shortly after midnight on May fourteenth of two thousand and eight. I think I've heard about this case before. You might have. It's <laughs> is it pretty bizarre? It's pretty bizarre. I think I have. But the more that I looked into it, it's not as bizarre as. We'll talk about it later about as like the po- potential theories. Yeah. It's not as bizarre as the SARS. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. So on the evening of May 13th, Brandon stayed in Canby to celebrate the end of classes with some friends. He attended two different parties and his friends said they saw him consuming alcohol, but not enough to make him visibly intoxicated. So before midnight, Brandon left Canby to start the drive back to Marshall around 30 mile drive 35 minutes tops really it's kind of like i looked it up on the map canby is like a diagonal shot northeast from marshall it's just like one highway that you have to take it looks like to get there pretty easily 30 miles 30 miles are there three places or two? No, Sheridan. Two. He lived in one city, went to school in another city. Boo. Yes. Yeah, and he was leaving the city he went to school in to go back home the day or the night that classes ended after staying out with some friends celebrating. So Brandon left before midnight, but just after 2 a.m., his parents, Brian and Annette Swanson, received a phone call from Brandon. He said that he had driven his car, a Chevrolet Lumina, into a ditch off the side of the road. He wasn't injured, but he wasn't able to get his car out of there, and so he asked for his parents to come and pick him up. Brian and Annette got into their truck and stayed on the phone with Brandon while driving to this location. Uh, I think the phone call dropped maybe a few times, and like maybe there was an accidental hang-up or something. But for the most part, they were on the phone with Brandon the whole time that they were driving to where they thought he was to try and pick him up. Does he say why he drove 
<laughs> drove into the ditch. How no. did he end up in the ditch, Hannah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he ever really said what, how his car ended up in a ditch. Okay. Okay. Um, but Just it wasn't one of those mysteries of life. Yeah, it wasn't like a big ditch. I don't it's think a baby ditch because like his car wasn't really that badly injured like the equivalent <laughs> he of, wasn't injured the well like the, of the ditches on i-70 as we drive through kansas yeah okay. where yeah. you may not be able to get your car out of it but you're not but you're not gonna like fuck up your car and right hurt yourself. you didn't you're not in a giant hole or yeah whatever. and it's like right off the side of the road so if it was late he might have like dozed off for a second he might or he the, had been drinking not visibly intoxicated but there was right? alcohol involved or so we don't know the lighting on the road maybe it was dark yeah. and he missed a curve Who maybe knows? an animal ran out in front yeah, of him this Who seems knows? like pretty kind of backwoodsish area of minnesota so so enjoy our wild speculation as to why brandon ended up in a ditch i mean that's all that we can have because and he, did, nothing, and was, he didn't say why he was in the ditch. He was just like, can you come and get me? I was just curious because I'm trying to, I'm already thinking I know where this goes. So I'm trying to think of his state of mind. Like, was he drunk enough that he right. swerved into a ditch? And I didn't know if there was Did he more. get abducted by aliens and they accidentally dropped him in a ditch when they returned him? Could be. <laughs> Could be. Well, and as far as him being like really intoxicated, his parents said that he was totally coherent the whole time that he was on the phone. He wasn't talking like he had had a lot of alcohol. Okay. Like, they, to them, he seemed like he was totally clear-minded and level-headed. What year was this? So they had cell 2008. phones. 2008. Okay. So yeah. the, so basic cell phones. No yeah. smartphones yet. Okay. No. <laughs> so Brandon said that he was staying with his car to flash the lights in order to signal his parents when they were driving up. Um, they did the same thing, but neither of them saw each other on the road. So eventually, after a decent amount of time of Brandon and his parents not being able to find each other, Brandon said he would walk towards these lights that he saw um, of a town that he could see. Brandon thought that it was Lind, which is a town that is seven miles southeast of Marshall. And it's not on the usual route that you would take from Canby to Marshall. So why would he think it's that? I don't know. <laughs> That's never really explained. But he, I, I think maybe the way that the lights were, like a specific light that he saw, maybe led him to believe that he was like, oh, I know this area. Another question. Yes. If he disappears, how do we know what he thought that town was? Did he tell his parents? Yes, he was on, on the, the phone? phone with his okay. parents still. And because we know also because he, Brandon told his parents to meet in the parking lot of a bar that is in Lind. Okay. And he was like, okay, I'm going to walk. Meet me here. Pick me up. Okay. So You know me. No holes in the story, right? <laughs> Brandon's parents start driving there. They're on the phone the entire time. And a little after 2.30 a.m., Brian and Annette hear Brandon say, oh, shit, on the other <gasps> end of the line. That's concerning. <clears throat> they had been on the phone at this point for like 47 minutes. After Brandon said, oh, shit, he was silent on the other <gasps> end of the line. And they had been like talking back and forth this entire 47-minute phone call. And then suddenly no response no. so his parents hung up and attempted to call his phone multiple times but never got through to him brandon has never been seen or heard from since it's like he fell in a dimensional portal yeah it's it's weird like <laughs> oh shit i just tripped like that's what he was saying right oh shit because he tripped and he's like what's that glowy thing oh no mm -hmm. <laughs> 
She's yeah. like, I like how Hannah's just humoring me <laughs> as I am ridiculous yeah. right what now. She's like, I mean, thing? yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, That's so weird. Good, I mean, somebody could have snuck up on him. <laughs> yeah, he was walking through. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit later on, too. He was walking through a lot of cornfields, a lot of just like trying to find the easiest route, not necessarily Man. staying on the street, the road proper. If you ask dad, cornfields are not the thing to walk through. He says their leaves are like knives. Maybe not cornfields, but he was walking through a lot of like I mean, fields. he might have, but I don't he, know. <laughs> he always used to complain about movies, horror movies where they're like running through the cornfield. You're like, oh, she'd be more cut up than that <laughs> and stuff like that. Why did he leave the car? Because at that point, they were both flashing their lights at each other, but they, they couldn't, couldn't find see each, each other. other. Well, so he chose to walk and How big was this yeah. highway? Like, is it a divided highway? Because they know they're on know. opposite sides, right? If he was going towards them and now they're coming up he together. He wasn't, from what I gather, when he told them where he was, he wasn't off the main highway. I think he had taken okay. like a frontage road or a back street or something. Um, so it wasn't as well lit up as the highway. Gotcha. It was a little bit off the highway, so, so they, it would have been harder they, for them to find him. Well, but if the highway's smaller, it actually should have been more likely that they'd see him yeah. on the other side of the road. The I'm just thinking lights, like yeah. logistics. Like I'm thinking I-70. If he's on something like that, yeah, they're on opposite sides of the road. Are they going to see each other? But yeah. if it's smaller, that's all I wanted to know. No, um, I think it's like a pretty small... Okay, so they should highway have, not interstate. They should have seen okay. lights flashing somehow. Yeah, and so when Whether they were the lighting was each bad other, or not, okay, that's, that's why weird. they decided to meet. Weird in a, a bigger, more populated area where it would be easier for them okay. to connect. Sorry, I'm full of questions. I no, I love happened. it. <laughs> so at six thirty a.m., Brian and Annette reported Brandon missing to the Lind police. He was on his way to Lind, where his parents were supposed to pick him up from the bar parking lot. So that's why they went to the Lind police to report him missing, because that's where they thought he would be closest to. Um, police told the Swansons that it, was, it wasn't it was unusual for a 19-year-old to stay out all night, especially after the last day of classes. Of course. But they don't listen to what they're saying. Like, they no. were on the phone with him, and he said, oh, shit, and that's the last they heard. Like, that's yeah. not him staying and partying. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's just them... I fucking hate how yeah. missing persons so cases are handled for adults, especially and yeah. teenagers. Every teenager, if they're like over 14, they're like, oh, they'd probably just run away. Kids do it all the time. <sighs> I'm like, they are still a minor. Get your ass out there and look for them. Well, yeah. at least they've moved past every eight year old or older was a runaway. So, like, <laughs> uh, well, you know. I mean, I think they were just overwhelmed because, like, the 80s was one of the biggest decades for child abductions. No, but they still really did have that mentality. They did. Like, and they ran away. They still have that mentality for adults, too. It's I mean, like, he's eight. I mean, yeah, sure. I understand it's a fine line with adults because as an yes. adult... I could disappear if I want well, to. Well, and Annette Swanson remembers one of the police officers saying that it was Brandon's right to be missing if he wanted to. Right, but... And so, like, that's the issue that you run into with adult missing person what cases. I, right, what I don't... Like, so like if, if, if somebody's just like, oh, I haven't heard from this person, I don't know for a while. That's one thing, right? Okay. Well, we got to wait a little bit, but like I was on, on the, the phone. phone trying to pick him up. He asked us to come find him. So he's not out partying or like the things like 
this person's on social media every 15 minutes and hasn't been on there for like 10 hours. Like that's a time to escalate the situation. Like they just don't listen to what the people who know the missing person totally are saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And yes, do some people get overly excited and blow things out of proportion, but like there are certain situations I have been seeing more and more in the random shows. I watched them getting more involved earlier but like yeah but it's so it's slowly getting better but it's still a problem yeah and especially when this took place in 2008 like not anywhere near even as good as we are about it now and we're not the best about it now yeah so later in the morning of may 14th same day that they reported him but like way later in the day so they initially reported him missing at like 6 30 only a few hours after like he had in the gone morning, missing. Right? In the morning, yeah. Only a few hours after he had gone missing. They waited many more hours afterwards, but they did start a search for Brandon inside and outside of Lind. They found no trace of Brandon. This is where I was going to take the break. How are y'all feeling? Early story so far. So yeah, yeah let's okay. keep going. <laughs> yeah. Hey, little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're ffsthepodcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at Storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. So the police, the Lind police, requested for Lyon County Sheriff Joel Dahl to help them with their search. Um, Lind, I think, is in Lyon County. And so they just wanted like a more substantial search I guess, with like help from the sheriff's right. department. Well, their small town needed more resources. Yeah. So the sheriff's office obtained Brandon's phone records and they discovered that Brandon had actually been calling from an area near Tanton, 19 miles northwest of Lind. Oh, shit. So this whole time, the like the parents, Brandon even thought that he was close to Lind. They were searching in the entirely wrong area. Tanton is right off of the highway that you would normally take from Canby to Marshall. So like right away, that makes more sense that he would be on that road right. instead of being randomly in a road that's southwest. He was just from confused. Marshall. Well, I think he was just confused. And he's young, well, probably hasn't been driving very long. And, yeah, he was only 19. Well, and we don't know. He could have bumped his head when he went into the ditch because nobody yeah. saw him after it happened. That's true. So we don't know if he had injuries or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's true. Just going in a ditch and bouncing like that can give you whiplash, which can cause effects to like your memory and yeah, your, yeah, your you comprehension know. and stuff. Yeah. So. So that's crazy, though. Yeah, I was wondering about that whole lint thing when you were talking about how it was seven miles south, and I'm like, yeah, what it the just makes it logically it makes no sense. Why would he be on that road unless he took some crazy weird back road that then took him past Marshall to right. get to Marshall? Yeah, right. He went past Marshall and then ended up in a ditch. Like, yeah, if yeah. he was in Lind, but he wasn't. He was like halfway from Canby to Marshall. So I would he say. was in that taunting place or whatever. Yeah. Taunton, I think, is how it's Taunton. pronounced. T-A-U-N-T-O-N. I'm taunting you. Taunton. Oh, sorry. Taunton. 
Taunton. I so, feel like you should really enunciate Taunton. it. Taunton. 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 After searching the area, his phone records led to police discovered Brandon's crashed car sitting in a ditch near Lincoln County. So this then brought Lincoln County Sheriff's oh, Office into the investigation fuck. instead of Lyon County. I think they were still helping, but it was like at this point whose like, it's investigation just, is it, which like fucked it up. Like jurisdiction is so annoying. I, I really think, and this is probably too simplistic because I'm not in the system, but it's like wherever they fucking discovered the, like whoever first got wind of the crime yeah, should have jurisdiction wherever it goes and other jurisdictions should just cooperate and, and support help. Yeah. as needed because they were there from the beginning. Like all these handoffs and stuff are sometimes totally part of up. what caused cases to not be solved is all yeah. these handoffs and trade-offs because you're losing that cohesiveness mm-hmm. and the continuity of the investigation. That's why cold case investigators start at the beginning again as yeah. if it's a brand mm-hmm. new case like yeah well and there's insights that come from following it from the beginning yeah. to the end that would not be there being yeah. the first on scene talking to the witnesses firsthand uh-huh. right away like yeah, yeah you can go back and re-interview if it gets handed off to you but it's not going to be the same yeah as... no the energy is totally different so, so hmm. yeah jurisdictional things just drive me crazy sometimes so, Lincoln County Sheriff Jack Vasecki told the media that Brandon's Chevrolet Lumina was stuck on an incline at the edge of the road. And I think it was like a gravel road that he was on. Uh, so, the wheels weren't touching the ground on one side, so the car wasn't able to move. So, he like weird high-centered kind of thing. Yeah. Only it seems like he went the other direction up the middle instead of... <laughs> Like he yeah. split the car in half, like passenger and driver's side versus front and back. I think so. Yeah, I don't okay. know. <laughs> there were there were some wheels that weren't touching that made it like impossible for him to move the car on its own. <laughs> what a wuss. Um, they did say though that nothing else was found to like stick out about the scene to make it feel weird or unusual. Just like somebody's car got stuck. Yeah, just they... someone got their car stuck. And there also weren't any tracks to show which direction Brandon might have been walking in. His cell phone pinged off a tower near Minoetta. It's like... Yeah, I'll say Minoetta. Sounds good. (laughs) Which is about four miles from Taunton. And it's in the direction of Marshall. So if you're going down that like diagonal highway, Taunton is farther northeast. Minoetta is farther south towards marshall so it was like he was walking in the right he direction to, to go, go to marshall okay so um, what he thought was lind was, could have been minnowetta or could have been marshall even because you said he was or is that too far away marshall is still pretty far mic, away sorry. at this point okay um okay so he wouldn't have thought he was walk- he wouldn't have seen marshall and thought no. it was lind okay no i think he Why might I- have seen minnowetta or taunton even and thought that that was gotcha. lind okay So by May 15th, his last call was determined to have come from within a five-mile radius of the tower that it pinged off of near Minoetta. Police then began concentrating the search to this area, some of which involved Yellow Medicine County. So now there is a third county sheriff's office getting involved in the search. Yellow Medicine? Yes, Yellow Medicine County. At first I heard menacing. Yellow (laughs) Menacing County. Yellow Menacing County. (laughs) So Joel Dahl... 
the Lyon County Sheriff believed that a red light that was on top of a grain elevator in Taunton could have been the light that Brandon saw that made him believe he was near Lind. I don't know why, really. <laughs> like, Is there a similar so, light yeah, in Lind? Maybe? That's what I have to think. I mean, like, why did he specifically think he was near Lind? But it's like also like a farming town and it was on a grain elevator. So doesn't every town out there probably have a red light on a grain elevator? <laughs> probably. Well, I would think there's a red light on the elevator grain elevator because it's high enough that it requires having a light for air traffic. Right. Yeah. So there's probably not a ton of grain elevators that are that high unless you're in there may be specific towns that have it and maybe the other towns their grain elevators aren't that high i don't know do you know what i mean like maybe so like maybe lind maybe had lind one of those. had one and townton had one and he just and and they're maybe known for that kind of as mm-hmm. a landmark lind is much closer to marshall than either townton or minoetta or canby is and like he grew up in marshall and so i think maybe at least in my own opinion he probably knew lind in that area better than the area that he got lost in because this was his very first year driving up to canby and going to school there and driving back home so i can't imagine that he had done this drive very often it was probably more unfamiliar it was late at night he had been drinking he got into a car accident. Who knows if he had hurt himself. So like maybe he was confusing an area that he knew a little bit better with this area that he was more unfamiliar with. I don't know. <laughs> it's all speculation. That's it's all the speculation. Thing, nobody no one knows. has heard from him. He thought he was in Lind. There's a lot of reasons that even as a young driver, that's still really confusing that he yeah. would think that, you yeah. know, it's just kind of. He would have had to drive, drive past, past the town where he, he was, was going, going to, yeah. to yeah. get there. So there were all sorts of searches that were being conducted, ground searches, aerial searches, and then search dogs were brought into it. And there was a search using bloodhounds that discovered a three-mile scent trail that followed farm roads northwest, so away from the direction of Marshall and Lind. Uh, And this is around the area of the cell phone tower in Minoetta. The scent trail also went to an abandoned farm and then along the Yellow Medicine River. The scent trail then appeared to enter a point in the stream, so it like kind of got lost within the stream. As if he had like crossed the water, gotten into the water, and the scent was lost. I mean, like maybe that was the oh shit a river. Where'd that come from? Well, and that's the that's one of the possible theories is that Brandon may have drowned in that river. And his father, Brian, remembers Brandon saying that he was passing fences, which would have been that abandoned farm, and that he heard water nearby. And that oh shit shit. was him slipping in the water. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's like the biggest theory I think that most people have is that he slipped in the water and drowned. I'm going to beat Kelly and say like, that's the one, but then whatever (laughs) other theories you have, I'm going to change it every time. Nope, nope, I was wrong. That's the one. No, that's the one. So after they found this trail lead to the river, Minnesota's Department of Natural Resources searched around the river, and there were some areas of the river that had been 10 feet deep on the morning of Brandon's disappearance, but they had gone down since then. The police searched the river banks and used all-terrain vehicles to search the river and the area around where that scent trail was. But after all of this, Brandon was still nowhere to be found, and more extensive ground searches were then not being conducted at this point. As searches began, 
uh, disbanding, Sheriff Jack Vizecki, who is the sheriff of Lincoln County, continued to walk the Yellow Medicine River every day for 30 days. Wow. Which I think is really great of him. That's, yeah. That's a good effort. Like, yeah. uh, some dedication to it. That's cool. Brian and Annette Swanson left their porch light on every single night in the hopes that other people would help kind of resurgence this search for their son or that he would come home one day. In the fall of 2008, searches resumed until winter and then resumed again in spring until crops were harvested or planted. And then this cycle kind of continued until 2011. Dogs on these searches followed human remnant scents northwest of Porter to an area that had not been searched before. Porter is around 10 miles northwest of Minoetta, which is the area that the cell phone tower was. In 2010, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension took over the case. And in 2015, a tip line was set up. I think it said that there were around like 90 tips that had been sent to it since 2015. As of today, the biggest area of interest in the investigation has moved towards Mud Creek, which is a stream that runs north and northwest of the Yellow Medicine River. In 2009, the Swansons helped pass a law called Brandon's Law that changed terminology in the state's missing child program. So it changed child to person. It's not missing child program anymore. It's missing persons program to kind of help with that adult missing persons that are often overlooked. Um, And it required police to take action sooner for missing adults. Among other things that I didn't quite fully understand, but look up Brandon's law if you're interested. Okay, (laughs) That's good. I mean, uh, usually cases like this, Help to make progress. Yeah. And it sucks. And I mean, I think it's probably Brandon slipped and hit his head or something in the river and drowned would be my guess. It's just a matter of finding out where his body is. And I think that the Minnesota Department of Criminal Apprehension or whatever, or no, the Department of Natural Resources, whoever was doing the search in the river, um, they set up like gates as soon as they discover that it could have been the river. So like he would have had to travel very far in that river. His body would have had to gone very Hmm. quickly, very far, very quickly for them not to have caught it. So it's like weird. It is still, even that they haven't found his body somewhere. I mean, for all we know, his left ankle got caught on a boulder that is so strong that even his bones are still there. Even though that's like, not really possible because well, the, the bones would have come apart and stuff. But, you know. The oh shit and the silence on the phone could have been him dropping his phone. Yeah. Could have been him dro- and dropping nothing, his phone and nothing into the happening river. to him. And then him still walking across the river and being in some field somewhere to this day. Yeah. Or, There's you know, people who think that he crossed the river, got like cold hypothermia, was lost somewhere. Yeah. And potentially tried to find shelter somewhere and died there. There are people who like you, the one of the police officers said you can't rule out foul play yeah, because it's a dark wooded right. fielded area that like there could have been somebody out there that I think the chances of that are less likely because there's not right. really any indication but of foul you can't, play. You can't, rule you can't out, rule it out. You can't yeah. rule out anything or rule in anything. Either. Yeah. It's just like it's one of those. Mystery. You have to be open to any sort of answer. Yeah. So hope they find 
him someday have some kind of indication of what happened to him yeah it would be great if his parents could have peace closure well not even closure but peace of mind like yeah knowing knowing what happened i don't think it'll ever be closure i'm trying to steer away from that kind of word yeah but i think it's more of a peace of mind because they know they know where their son is as as long as you don't have evidence that your child is dead. There's always that. Bit Even of if hope. all of the evidence leads to that assumption, like yeah. if you don't have actual evidence of it, a parent most likely, most parents I would say, are not going to ever fully be able to accept that. Well, and that's like because I've done so many of these missing person cases and a lot of them have revolved like younger children and stuff, and there's not a whole lot of answers about it. Like, yeah, that is something that most of the parents bring up. It's like I I can't remember who it was, but there was one parent who's like, I almost, it's horrible to say, but I wish they would have died because then I would have known and I would have stopped looking. And you would have had a body and you would have been able to have a funeral. You can work through that a little bit better than not knowing. Hate to say it, but that closure in that sense, I know what you're saying, Jessica. Right. Yeah. You have, when you get that, when they find them, when, you know, you get the opportunity to officially mourn them. Yeah. And I think that if you don't know where they are, whether they're dead or alive, that there's a feeling of, I, if I mourn them now, I'm giving up on them. Exactly. Right? I like, can't move on. I can't mm-hmm. move on. But I because- can't. So I can't mourn them because I don't know. And I've, I've seen a lot of things where families of missing persons, like, I would... I would be not happy and that's never the word they use, but I would feel better if they did find a body like, because I'm just waiting and I can't give up that little bit of hope. And at this point, Brandon's parents have to assume that he is not alive because why would he not be? be home? And I know that, yes, everybody has the opportunity and the right to disappear. And there are some people that do. But it doesn't seem to me like he was a he kid was, who wanted to disappear. He was, he was calling his mom and dad to help him. Right. This just is very... started college. Like the people who disappear and it's like maybe they actually did want to p- disappear. There's some kind of indication in their life yeah. at right. some point that like they were a spy. They have or... mental health problems that maybe surfaced or like they had a hard life at home. And like yeah. there's some kind of indication right. when people disappear on purpose. Right. And he had no indications of that and i mean god what an elaborate setup if this was just him trying to disappear hey drive out here guys hey i'm gonna pretend i'm farther south than i am hey i'm gonna say oh shit and act like something happened to me and then bye like i mean like even the offhand possibility that he fell and hit his head and he had some sort of amnesia and stumbled into a town and didn't know who he was they would have still been able to place oh this this is small enough town towns in this area it's less like they would be like oh this kid went missing now we have this kid who doesn't have have a memory like northwest corner of minnesota basically yeah. looking for him right well and i yeah i think somebody would be like anybody missing a random guy <laughs> he yeah. doesn't remember who because if i show up in a town and, I'm, and they're like who but are i could see that oh. happening i could see that happening in denver yeah well, in a bigger city there's so many people but there'd still be some sort of broadcast yeah. out there like hey does anybody know who this is like <laughs> so i think the parents probably know that he's dead and that's, but still, but they can't know for sure. But they can't know for sure. And as um, a mother, I would say I would have a really hard time yeah. ever being able to like, I, 
would need like I'm a person that needs to have that kind of like finality to something and I wouldn't ever be able to like give up and move on until I knew yeah right you know god that's so sad uh, if you have any information on Brandon Swanson's disappearance contact uh contact in Minnesota Minnesota police <laughs> yeah help this family find some closure if you yeah. can all right well that was an effed up story Hannah now it's time for something not effed up. One thing doesn't suck. All right. Um, my sorry, my mouth is too tired to move. <laughs> my thing that doesn't suck is I don't have an article or anything. I have a personal thing that doesn't suck. Okay. I saw the Barbie movie yesterday, <laughs> y'all. That shit was so good, and I've been seeing so many articles of like angry men who are like it's just like a lame woman's studies class and it has no meaning and why is ken just ken and i'm like eat shit nerd this movie rules <laughs> that movie is so good and all of the shitty men who are like i don't want to watch it it's terrible it just made me want to watch it more and made me feel more vindicated and I that i got so much out of that movie like genuinely that movie spoke to me on a very deep and personal level well i would like those men to allow me to give my commentary on some of their most likely yeah. favorite movies yeah. like triple <laughs> x or any of the Let me fast give and my furious, commentary like, on the fast and I mean, furious. like it's such a fun, like <sighs> it's nothing but a misogynistic men's yeah. club with a token woman who's more of a dude than a woman, <laughs> so she'll fit in. <laughs> I don't expect men to want to go see the Barbie movie, I know, so right? like so that's why are also they mad? one thing. Like it's not why are they mad? it's not for you. Like but if you want to go see it, that's fine. But it's not you are not the demographic that no, Barbie is playing. To. I will say though, because I saw it with James and his brother Dylan they loved it and that's and, fine but, but I don't expect most men to be like oh let's go see Barbie the entire premise of that movie is about being a woman in society and so like obviously it's going to fucking appeal to women well and more. it's Barbie <laughs> and, and women, it's Barbie and even Ken boys didn't play with Ken and no, girls played right, with Barbie girls played with, girls played with Barbie and Ken <laughs> and boys played with G.I. Joe exactly so I just did, that's not the demographic so fuck He-Man you if you don't like it sorry uh, that's not who we're playing to right, right. Right, you're not the intended audience for this. Just like... Yeah, so let me enjoy my shit in peace, you motherfuckers. There are certain types of women who Fast and the Furious isn't going to be meant for them. Like, are they out there bitching about how stupid and shitty that is and it's nothing but a male boner fest? I'm sure there are fast cars, but still. I mean, and I say all that. I watched the first few. I liked them. They got really kind of just boring after the first few so i'm not bagging yeah. on fast and furious i'm just saying like well it's, it's funny it's them. like the things <laughs> that people are complaining about that these men are complaining about is like oh it feels like a woman's studies class okay so you're being approached with the reality that women have to face why is that a bad thing why does that make this movie bad that you have to think about the fact that women have a different fucking reality entirely yeah. like yeah. <laughs> why does that make the movie bad yeah because they don't 
want to acknowledge that. Yeah. They don't want to give us something of our own is what it really comes it down really to. It really is. Oh, go see Not this movie. It fucking men, speaks on that. I think just man culture still doesn't right. want to give woman, women. Patriarchy. Their patriarchy own doesn't shit. want. Yeah, patriarchy For the does. patriarchy not to exist anymore. <laughs> Uh, but that being said go see barbie you will cry a lot probably but it's beautiful greta gerwig is wonderful i mean you know those guys we could always just tell them we could go back to like a religious oligarchy if they don't like what we have right now i just want to know why most of your things that don't suck involve shit that sucks (laughs) i know they start out with this happy thing and then you and then it always leads into but here's what the haters are saying because remember we said the reason we changed it is because we don't want to fucking get into toxic positivity so i'm finding the positives in the many negatives in this fucking world (laughs) well i'm glad you enjoyed the movie and i do want to see it i doubt i'll go see it in a theater but i want to see it's on yeah whatever it's gonna be on yeah What's the one that is almost on that I want to watch on the thing that it's going to be on? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one. I know which one you're talking about. Hey, hey, no, that's like very realistic of my blockbuster days. Like, do you guys have that movie? It's got that guy in this and he wears a sweater and there's this girl in it. She's got the hair and wears a hat. Do you know how many of those I was able to decipher? Too many. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you mean uh, (laughs) this one here. I love that. Oh, man. All right. Well, is that it? Are we done? Nice. All right. Look at us being so productive today. (laughs) Thanks for listening to F'd Up Family Storytime. The more you know. The better you are. (laughs) <laughs> no just the more you know that's no. it end of sentence that just made me the think of know. the more you eat the better you feel so eat your beans for every meal. meal I will let you know now that I cannot leave <laughs> <laughs>